the client went to two or three past lives and she was revealing really detailed information about the cities she was in, the people she was encountering, names. Once you're in that relaxed state, it means your conscious mind is at rest and your subconscious is open to suggestions. A man said that he was, you know, the, the editor of a, a newspaper in England, I think in the 1800s, and of course, his name was there. I believe that we come back to perfect our souls. And for anybody that's a skeptic out there, I think it's a great thing to think that you can come back and you can relive. I think everything's a learning experience. I think the universe gives us exactly what we need when we need it. Whatever circumstance you're born into is where it's meant to be. Those lessons that we talked about that are meant to be learned in this specific life. Understanding what might have happened to you in a past life is eye-opening. You can choose to come back, or you can be chosen to come back as a soul. Many people were committing suicide in the religion, thinking that if they committed suicide, they could come back and be a better person. Welcome back, everyone, to Diary of an Empath. My next guest is Damian Bertrand. He is a clinical hypnotherapist, a past life regression expert, and the previous host of Lifetime Movie Network's Reincarnation Past Lives. Damian has helped thousands of people over the course of 20 plus years discover the miraculous healing power of finding the hidden truths of our subconscious mind. Damian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. So oftentimes when I talk to people and I have guests on the show um, who've had, someone had like a spiritual journey or has been in the field of helping others, they've usually had something in their upbringing that made them look at the world differently. So I would love to hear about your childhood and what was that like for you? That's a great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that in an interview. It's a valid question. I actually grew up in a pretty traditional family, traditional city. Um, I grew up in Ottawa, Canada, which is the capital of Canada. So it's it's not very, uh, I would say, not very exciting, not very interested in general with the uh, power of the subconscious mind or things like hypnotherapy. It's more traditional, like I mentioned. So I grew up in that environment, and um, I noticed early on that I, I felt some things were different. I really felt that there was things that we weren't talking about that, that were real. And I would say that about the age of 11 or 12, I started recording my own motivational tapes where I would actually record in the old cassette days and record um, just empowerment and positive thinking and things so that I could re-listen to it and get into my mind. I was using that more for sports at the time, actually. So if I was trying to be ready for a game, uh, a spe specific game, I would actually visualize the entire game and see myself going. I was playing hockey and I was seeing myself going and passing the puck or scoring and all this kind of stuff and preparing myself mentally. And I remember where I got this from. I got it from um, a, a Canadian uh, skier named Steve Podborski. So I saw him uh, in an interview where he said that he would always visualize uh, the uh, Grand Slalom ski run before he went down the hill. And he would do this over and over and over again. And he became a, you know, a national hero and won all, all the titles and everything. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. So you can actually use the power of your mind to predict or at least prepare yourself for uh, an upcoming event or something that you want to be successful at. 
I love that. And visualization is so important. And I think that it's amazing that you started at, at such a young age. So fast forward, you get into hypnotherapy. How did you get into this? Because that's not a field that is like typical. You hear of therapists or you hear of, you know, psychologists, and that's pretty typical in the psychology realm. But what made you get into that? And how did it happen? I started reading books on, um, again, the power of the subconscious mind, all kinds of books, you know, Wayne Dyer, Brian Weiss, uh, a multitude of books. And when I started reading, I was skeptical, to be honest with you at first. I didn't know how strong and how powerful it could be and how you could actually influence your daily life with you know, your own inner power and inner conviction. And intention as well is a big is a big word for me because I really believe that your intention will drive you to, you know, whatever road you end up on. So I started reading books and I decided that I would give it a shot. And I thought at the worst case, if it doesn't work, at least my mind might be a little bit more positive. You know, we all have bad days and we all try to see, you know, how things could be better. So I thought, well, if it doesn't work, it's fine. And I started noticing big drastic changes, everything. In, in my life, better relationships, better friendships, better uh, opportunities that came up, just things just started becoming, uh, you know, very, very positive. And so that's when I started studying hypnosis, uh, got a master's in, in uh, clinical hypnotherapy and decided that I'd give it a shot and start and, and open up a practice. So I opened up my own private practice and, and things just kind of went from there. Okay, so how does that transition go from hypnotherapy to past life regression? Because I feel like I have heard of Dr. Brian Weiss, which if anyone hasn't read the book, Many Lives, Many Masters, fascinating. Mm -hmm. But it's very interesting how we go from like this field of, okay, hypnotherapy, we might be able to use it to help with like phobias. How does that transition into past life regression? What's that connection there? So the first time I read Brian's book, I actually didn't believe in it at all. I grew up in a, in a Catholic family. We went to church. This, this kind of thing was not, you know, talked about or, or even agreed upon, which was really interesting. And I'll get to that in a second. But I read Brian's book. I thought it was an interesting set of circumstances. And as I was going through that process, a lot of my clients were asking to do past life regression, which I said, no, that's one thing I, I, I just don't do. I don't actually believe in it. And we're talking, you know, 20 years ago, so a long time ago. And I thought, no, this is just like a figment of somebody's imagination or something they heard as a child, a story on television or a book they read that's confusing their mind. And, and so after two or three years of clients asking me to please do a past life regression, I said, you know, I'll prove it. I'll prove it to myself. I know it's not true and I'll prove it to myself. So I'll just do it. And then we'll validate that that's not an actual uh, process with hypnotherapy because most of my business back then was weight loss, quitting smoking, motivational empowerment, things like biting your nails or uh, nervous tics and twitches, all kinds of things that, you know, you could overcome with the right, with the right therapy. But, but past life regression, I ended up, I ended up trying it and uh, it was, it was fascinating. Probably a two and a half hour session. The client went to two or three past lives and she was revealing really detailed information about the cities she was in, the people she was encountering, names, talking a little bit of a different language. I mean, things that really she should not have been able to do. And so I thought that was, you know, a fluke, to be honest with you, Chris. I thought it was a fluke. And I said, okay, well, this just happened, but it won't happen again. 
A week or two later, I had another client come in, ask for the same uh, the same process. I said, sure, why not? This one will prove it to me that it's not a real process. And this one was even more fascinating where all kinds of historical events happened where she could describe things that hard for somebody to really be that uh, clear about, I would say. And I said, okay. And then a third, a fourth, a fifth, and they all kept back coming back. And I think the most fascinating thing was all of these clients First of all, I always thought they would come back as or claim to come back as these famous, you know, historical figures, people of importance, and they would make themselves feel better that way. And I can tell you that in, you know, over 20 years of doing this, I've actually never had one person ever, and I've done thousands of past life regressions, come back and say they were a king of Cleopatra, anything like that. Nothing ever like that. They're very real lives that they go through with, you know, normal struggles, normal interactions, normal relationships. Some are good, some are good. And it, it kind of grows from there. But it, it, I think that's what struck me the most was that the fact that none of the first three or four or five people I, I did a past life regression on was trying to be someone of importance. That's so fascinating. So take me through the process. I know, obviously, there's there's a lot of intricacies that go along with, you know, putting somebody under. But what is your process when you're going through a hypnotherapy session, like the basics? Hypnotherapy 101. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. So I think there's two different um, things to address. One is that when you're doing hypnotherapy, you're basically doing an A to B conversation. So if I was hypnotizing you, for example, to um, be more motivated to go, go for a run every morning, let's just make something up, right? It would be you being hypnotized, which means uh, it's a simple process of relaxation. So I always say that there'd be like three steps. There's our conscious state that we're in currently. There is a hypnotized state, which is a more meditative, relaxed state. And then there would be sleep. So your mind can go into these different states, right? Naturally, through alpha waves, beta waves, theta waves, all different types of, of processes can do that. In fact, every day, all of us go through hypnos hypnosis on our own. For example, if you're driving from your home to your work, half the time you're in a real meditative state where you're not even realizing and you're just basically going through the motions. And that could be called a hypnotic state because you're physically there and you're doing physical a physical activity by driving, but really mentally you're, you're elsewhere. Um, things like yoga can bring you to the meditative state, things like, uh, well, clearly meditation can do that as well. But what I do with, with a, 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 a regular hypnotherapy session would be that A to B process where I would go through a process with you through words, through energy, through a connection with my client and bring you to a very relaxed state. Once you're in that relaxed state, it means your conscious mind is at rest and your subconscious is open to suggestions. That's where we would work on things like motivation or anything else. When it comes to past life regression, it's a much different process. It's not the therapist ask or telling the client to be more motivated, to be more energetic or anything like that. It's the therapist asking questions and only asking questions and then being a guide to go through any kinds of repressed past life regression memories that that client would have. It would be unethical for a, a therapist to actually guide a client in a way of, well, you're, you know, you're in England, 
in 1500, what do you, you know, that's not the way you do it. You basically ask them where they are, what they see. Are they male? Are they female? Do they recognize the clothes that they're wearing? Do they see any street signs? Do they, can they tell me their name? So it's only question-based when it comes to past life regression. Now, do they remember when they come out of these sessions, is there a recollection of the session or no memory at all? So there's two ways you could do it. You could actually have the client not remember anything, but with any session I do, whether it's past life regression or whether it's uh, actual just hypnotherapy, I always make sure the client remembers everything. And the main reason for that is I, I always thought in the beginning, you, you shouldn't be allowed to take people's time away from them. Um, I also think it's more valuable for them because they remember it and, it and things can actually come back later on, especially with the past life regression, a week, two weeks, three weeks later, they might have more. And a lot of my clients do have more memories. Oh, this made me trigger this thought. And I, I want to send. and they send me emails and I want to mention this to you. And do you have any thoughts on this? And then we have a discussion. So yeah, they remember so how do you differentiate from, cause like, I, I feel like for me, I would be worried that I was just having a very active imagination as opposed to these are real past live memories that are coming through. How do you make that distinction? I know that you've had some evidence that you found with your previous clients, but for you, what's your process between that? And what was that convincing moment for you that you're like, oh my God, this is real. So yeah, it, it started when we, when we started, when I started doing it in my private practice, just finding some clues that just were a little, a little too strong for me to just deny and unaccept. And I got, I'm very curious. So I got really curious into looking into who they said they were and where they said they were. And if these cities existed or if these stories could be, you know, researched and, and be found to be plausible and on past lives on my television show, you know, we had a whole research team that would then go and take everything that the person said and, and go back through birth records, marriage certificates, tombstones. Uh, I, I mean, I could just think of one off the top of my head where a man said that he was, you know, the, the editor of a, a newspaper in England, I think in the 1800s. And of course, his name was there and we could find wow. those newspaper articles where he had written so it's, it's fascinating to me. And it's, um, it's, it's, so when you ask a question such as, could it be my imagination or, you know, it, it could it be real? It's through what I've done for 20 years, I absolutely believe it to be real. And again, on any given day that you're doing a session with a therapist, you could get great information or you might not. It depends on the energy, depends on your contact with uh, and your connection with that therapist it depends on just your overall mood and setting. But if you go in relaxed and you're ready and you're open, um, I think some great things will come out. Now, during some of your previous sessions, have you ever found that any other type of energy came through, like a spirit guide or a loved one or anything like that? Have you ever had anything like that happen to you? Side note, did you guys know that I'm not only a therapist, but I'm also a professional tarot reader? It's not exactly me hovering over a crystal ball telling your future. It's a tool to connect with your guides and your higher self to help you in certain areas of your life. Tarot genuinely changed my life and it can potentially change yours too. Click on the link in this podcast for more info. Okay, back to the podcast. 
Yeah, we've had some really fascinating uh, experiences over the years. For one, there's some clients, I'd say one to 3% of clients will actually go back to an in-between space, which means that they're actually not today and they're not in a past life physical body, but yet they're in what's been described as a fabric type space out there where your soul sits until it's ready to come or be chosen to come back. Um, and through there, there's a lot of learning from what's been described to me, uh, a lot of learning, a lot of recharging of the energy in the soul, a lot of connections waiting or being made. Um, and then there's also some other sessions that are really fascinating where clients will actually through the client will be a, um, what they call the, uh, Akashic records and what they call the, you know, the founders they have, they've had different names, but what supposedly is the people out there that actually created this and are actually giving knowledge to us at all times without us knowing it. That's the first time that happened to me. I was pretty fascinated by that, but it's happened. It's happened dozens and dozens of times where the, you know, the, the, the fathers, the, the founders are coming through and speaking through the client um, rather than the client being told by them what to do. They're actually speaking through them with me in a session, which is, Mind blowing. So, what do you feel is the reason why we why we have past lives? I know there, that that's not like a very straightforward answer because I don't think any of us will truly know that answer. But from doing this over the past twenty years, what do you feel is the reason that we keep coming back or that we have them? From my experience, I believe that we come back to perfect our souls, and that at some point we won't need to come back. Meaning that for some people, we need to go through many, many incarnations. And for some people, there's many less. But I think that's a positive thing. I think we have to grow with other people around us. And I think we do come back. I believe we come back with other souls in different incarnations. Sometimes they might be our brother or sister. Sometimes they might be our husband and wife. Sometimes it might be our father or mother. But I think we do need to go back with these people and both, all parties grow together and try to perfect themselves as, as, as a soul and a soul being energy never starts and never dies. It's always living. So I do believe that the energy will eventually and all of us get perfected through our different experiences. And then at some point we're released to, to not have to come back in, in the physical form, at least in this form. But I also believe that it's a great thing. And for anybody that's a skeptic out there, I think it's a great thing to think that you can come back and you can relive and you have to go through these experiences and have a positive mindset, whether it's a, a, you know, what you believe to be a good or bad experience, because we actually create that thought. There is no real good or bad experience. We actually interpret it as good or bad. I think everything's a learning experience. I think the universe gives us exactly what we need when we need it, whether we perceive it as good or bad. I think we have to always be pulling through and pushing through and finding, finding the answer through whatever challenge is coming to us, whether it's good or bad. So here's my question, because I know that there's a lot of people out there probably listening and thinking, so why is it that if we are coming back to past lives, why did this happen in my life? Or why does this person, um, why is this person born into these set of circumstances versus this person is born into these amazing set of circumstances? Do we choose that? Is it just by chance? Is it lessons? Because I firmly believe that 
there's karma and that karma is very real and that we carry karma into different lives if we don't learn the lessons that we need to. But I'm really curious because you've done this work for so long and you've actually done all these regressions. What has been your take on that? I agree with you. I believe in karma and I believe in karma in this life and karma that transgresses to other lives, like you mentioned. I 100% agree with you. I also believe that whatever circumstance you're born into is where it's meant to be. And there's, a, there's those lessons that we talked about that are meant to be learned in this specific life. And then there's also, uh, you know, our own will that can change the course of our, of our, of our life. I'm not, I don't believe that we're guided one way or the other. I think we're given circumstances and we choose which route we take throughout our life. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's meant to be, I think it's, you're supposed to go through certain lives in a certain way and other lives in another way. And so whatever circumstance you, you and I and everyone else can be in, we have to work through that in the best way possible. So that karma, like you mentioned, will come back in our favor. So let's talk about phobias because I know that doing hypnotherapy, you've done a lot of work with, you know, maybe phobias or like you mentioned, trying to be motivated in certain areas, even people who are trying to lose weight. So I, I personally feel that people who have gone through past lives may develop certain phobias in their current life, if, if, especially if there's no, no explanation whatsoever. Like, for example, I feel that if let's say somebody had a past life and they drowned in their past life, they may have a real phobia in this life of large bodies of water and, and have never had a traumatic experience. Have you ever found with any of your clients that they've had unexplained phobias or fears because of things that have happened in their past life? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Things like you said, you mentioned the drowning. I remember one of my clients brought in her son and he was maybe four and a half or five years old. And I said, you know, with all due respect, I don't work with children. I don't work with people under 18, you know? And she said, I just like you to hear his story. I said, okay, great. Yeah, let's talk. So he's in my office and we're talking and he started to mention um, being in World War II and being a fighter pilot and started to talk about mechanics of an airplane. There's no, there's no possibility that a four and a half year old child would be able to memorize things about carburetors and, and, and rotors. And I mean, it was, didn't he talk to me for about 15 minutes and I was just so fascinated. So he had an experience there and then he went on to say that he was very scared of any kind of loud engine, you know, in today's world. And I said, Oh, you know, why is that? Because of your past experience? And he said, yes. I said, okay. So there's a correlation that I found with a child who had memories of being someone else and came back and now was afraid of loud engines. Now there's also other clients of mine that have been frightened of dogs for no, for no reason. And I've asked them, have you been attacked by a dog? No. Do you, did you have dogs growing up? Yes. Were they kind? Yes. And they have through a past life memory, they remember that they were attacked by like a large dog, for example. And yes, like we mentioned, the waters, this fairly popular one as well, where people come back where they had drowned or had a bad experience in the body of water um, so I've seen that many times, many times. So in your experience, like, do you, when you're doing these past life regressions, is it, how is it beneficial for someone? So if someone's listening right now and they're like, wow, I've, I've had some of these experiences or I have really vivid dreams. 
if they do pass life regression, how does that benefit them? Does it sometimes hurt the individual or make things worse? Well, the, the, so the first answer is the way I do my, the process and the reason I do this is really to give answers to the clients that come to see me, clients that are usually unanswered for them. Why do they have low self-esteem? Why do they always go back to bad relationships? Why do they not feel that they deserve the amount of success that they've had? There's a lot of things that, you know, people have questions about. So the point of doing a past life regression, at least in my office, is that we're going to try to help them overcome by understanding something that might have happened to them in a past life, why they're feeling this way now. And then once you have the understanding, how do you now grow from that and move on? Does that mean you, you follow up with therapy with a, like you mentioned before, maybe a psychologist, a marriage and family therapist? It could be a lot of different things. Or are they content now? Do they feel good and strong enough that they have the, the, the information and they want to move on? So that's why I do it. And that's the, the, the purpose of, of my sessions. Could it, could it hurt someone more? I think if someone comes in with the right intention and looking for some answers, I think it can only be beneficial for them. Understanding what might have happened to you in the past life is, is eye-opening. And it, it can make you understand more about your personality the way it is today. So, no, I've, I've, I haven't encountered things where it hurts, other, it hurts the client. Um, but again, you have to make sure if you see a, a, you know, a hypnotherapist of any kind, I always suggest you make sure you interview them. You make sure you have a good connection with them and, you know, check references and everything else to make sure that you've, you're, you know, you're working with the right person. How I found you, the video that I found was, and it, it reminds me of this particular show that you did, was with a woman who she did the past life regression with you and she was uh, remembering a church. I can't remember the name of it. And she was saying how in her current life, she was having these feelings of like almost like regret or that she was putting everybody before herself. And when she did this regression, she did a lot of similar things in this past life. She lost her husband. She said the name of the church. And I found it so fascinating that you guys were not only able to find the exact church. She said that this was the same church that she kept seeing in her dreams, but you found her, her baptism records mm -hmm. and the name of her husband, who she said, this is his name and also found his baptism records. I think it was in the same year which I found like so, so fascinating. I got goosies. What has been, when you think about all of the clients that you've had, and I know some, you, you can't maybe give some information, but when you think back, what has been the most craziest or the most like valid evidence-based session that you can think of? Oof, that's a big question. I have to think back in my, in my data bank, but um, what's really interesting, first off of the show, the show Past Lives, was that I'll give you a little insight on how television's done here in California or probably anywhere. But when I was approached to do the show, one of the things I was concerned about was that, you know, who, who are you working with? Because they might want to just do some sensationalized television show that's, you know, made up or scripted or anything like that. And I, I was, I was quickly, uh, happy to find out that Jim Casey, who produced the show back in 20, I think it was 2014 it's been a while said to me in one of our first meetings he said we're only going to do the real stories and I said okay and I said so to do that we basically have to do what we would call a casting call and break put it out there 
and anyone that applies, I here's a set of questions I want you guys as show producers to ask them. And so they came back to me maybe a week later and said, we had 300 people apply in one day. I said, okay. Wow. <laughs> so out of the 300, make sure you ask these questions because I want to, I want to sort of weed out people that are just maybe trying to be on television or people that maybe aren't ready as well to be going through this kind of process. And so through that, we had 60 people that fit the, you know, the mold that I had created for doing therapy sessions with them. Then we, I went into the office and I did one-on-one interviews with the 60 people that, that came in. And I think we brought it down to 24 and 24 people. And then from the 24, we did the regressions with them. And from those 24, the ones that had very good breakthroughs were featured on the show. So that's how I, I, I'm giving you a background on television. I'm being very open and legitimate about it. We used real stories that we could actually find evidence of. And they were fascinating stories. And like wow. you mentioned, we found birth certificates, baptism certificates, everything you, you know we've talked about before and you can think of. And when you watch the show, you see it. So it's those were all very fascinating, eye-opening stories. I think another very eye-opening story for me in my private practice, one of the first times something like you mentioned, gave me gooseies, mm-hmm. <laughs> really, really shocked me. I wasn't expecting it was that there was a, a, a woman that came in who had, when she was regressed, she'd gone back to being a teenager, a female teenager, and had chosen to come back to save her mother's life because her mother was physically abused by her husband wow. in 17 or 1800s. I'm not sure. And as soon as she was pregnant with this child, the husband stopped abusing her. Basically, she told me, I came back because I went to save my mother's life. And that was jaw dropping for me, you know, and I still I talk about that one sometimes. And it was a lot more detailed than that. But the key factor was that you can choose to come back or you can be chosen to come back as a soul. And at that point, she chose to come back for to protect this person. And it was amazing. Do you feel like, I know you mentioned that sometimes we can come back in like these soul groups. Do you feel like we pick our parents or we can pick how we want to come back? Like, I'm, I'm just so curious as to do we have these reincarnations with like we hear the, the term soulmate or we hear the term twin flame. Do you feel like we go through different lives with these soulmates or these people that are supposed to be in these groups with us? I think it's both. I think at times we, we choose to come back. I think at times we're chosen to come back. I think at times some conflict resolution needs to happen with real close energies and, and other souls that are around us. And again, in either case, you could choose or you could be chosen. I think um, I think we also have a choice when we're up there uh, as a soul to either come back or not come back at a certain time. I think it's, a, it's through my experience, it's a variety of both. Um, so, yeah. I have some karma. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> in this lifetime, I must have had some past lives with some people because I have worked through some really turbulent karma with certain people that um, I've really had to come to terms with and learn some heavy lessons. And I truly, truly feel that 
in order to grow, in order to ascend, in order to be higher vibrational, like you have to learn these lessons, but it's a choice. I really, truly feel that you have to make a choice even with your own healing. And I always tell people it's never your fault if something happened to you or someone treated you a certain way, but it's your choice what you do with that. You know, it's your choice if you're going to learn those lessons. So for you going through, you know, all of these regressions and doing the work that you've done, did that change you? Did that change your outlook on how you viewed your spirituality, how you viewed religion, how you viewed the world? Did that did that make any changes for you? It did. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a very spiritual person. Um, it was fascinating when, uh, when I grew up in Ottawa in Canada, before I moved to Los Angeles 20 years ago, again, being a much more traditional city than, than you know, the Los Angeles here, we would go to church, we would go to a Catholic church growing up, and there was this wonderful, wonderful priest. His name was uh, Paul McCune. He was amazing. Very good guy. And um, one day Paul was, he was a smoker. And one day Paul asked me to hypnotize him to quit smoking. And he asked me to go down to the cathedral in Ottawa and hypnotize him there. And I said, but Paul, isn't this against, you know, kind of Catholic belief and stuff? And he said, no, I have to be honest with you. He said, I had, it was a Pope that struck belief in past life regression and hypnotherapy in general in the 1200s because many people were committing suicide in the religion thinking that if they committed suicide they could come back and be a better person mm -hmm. like a better version so when they have financial hardship when they have issues with their relationships or their marriage or their kids or at some point there would be a, a breaking point and through depression eras and stuff and a lot of people were committing suicide. So they, the Pope chose, we're not going to talk about past lives. But according to Paul, who studied at the Vatican, what he told me was that, yes, it used to be a big part of, of, of the Catholic religion, at the very least. And so I thought that was completely fascinating. Like we, people of this religion used to talk about this. And now they're 800 years into it. They're saying it doesn't, it, we don't, it doesn't exist. So... And he's very open to it. He was a very, he's an older guy, but he's very, very modern in his thinking and also very honest, let's say. So it, it, it really transformed me. And really since my late teens, I was always spiritual rather than on one set religion anyway. And I think all, many religions have really good, um, really good things and certain things that aren't so good about each one of them. So spirituality for me, energy for me, the universe for me, you know, life, trees, plants, things outside that I see, the beautiful colors and the sun and the, and the clouds and the rain. All, all of this means a lot to me. I'm very connected to that. I think throughout the years of doing hypnotherapy, past life regressions, and seeing how how positive and influential we can we can be with ourselves, um, I think that has changed me into a, into a more positive person and and uh, you know someone that wants to help and help others. You know. For me, it, it changed my life for the better. And it's not that I, I wasn't super religious before, but when I started getting more into my spirituality and just being more aware of energy and, and that there's more out there than what can fit into one book, and it's never to take away from anyone's religious beliefs. Your beliefs is your beliefs and you have a right to that. But it just broadened my 
my view, like I just felt like I was so boxed in and now all of a sudden I'm seeing the world for the first time and it really changed my life and it changed the way that I see other people. Um, I stopped taking things as personal, you know, to Mm. understand like it's not, this may be coming from their trauma responses, their own belief systems, the way that they view the world and may have nothing to do with me. But it also made me more aware of my my own downfalls and the things that I need to work on and, and not coming from the ego and just coming more from a place of like understanding and compassion. And it's still a work in progress, right? Cause we're human, but um, it definitely changed me for the better. So for anyone listening now and they're fascinated with this, maybe they want to try past life regression. Are you currently still practicing in LA? If someone wants to do a past life regression for you, would they be able to do that? So I, I'm, I just recently got back. I was in South America and Central America doing work, uh, a lot of volunteer work and other things. And uh, I recently got back. I haven't answered a lot of emails and, I, and I, I really regret that. And I will be doing that at the beginning of the year. And I, what I mean by a lot of emails, I mean for probably like 12 to 18 months. <laughs> so there's a lot, of, a lot of people that I need to reach out to just to say hello to and say, I apologize, first of all, if any of the listeners or people that have emailed me, but I was on a a spiritual journey. I was doing other work. I was writing books and uh, I recently got back to Los Angeles and I, and I will be getting back to people in early January. So yeah, my email, um, info at DamianBertrand.com and people can reach out that way. Uh, If they want to read my book for free, if they're on Amazon prime, they can read it. It's called past lives journeys revealed. Uh, or they could buy the book there too. But, you know, in any case, they could watch the, my television show, I think, by just Googling my name, Damien Bertrand. Yeah, and we'll link everything. I'm going to link your book, where they can watch your show, how they can get in touch with you, as well as your website. And I guess I got lucky to be able to, you know, connect with you, especially since you, you know, you just came back. And every, I think everybody has that right to recharge. And you may have needed it because you're, especially like when you're doing a lot of work with other people, and and, and that is energy work. That's yeah. a lot of energy. Like I do this kind of work, and there are times between running a podcast, being a therapist. I'm also doing my readings. I am exhausted. (laughs) So sometimes I'm like, I just want to go out of the country for a year and just like, you know, not come back and do the same thing. So I applaud you for taking that time for yourself. I'm I'm sure it was well needed. Damien, thank you so much for your time and your energy and sharing your experiences. And I just thank you for coming on the show. It was wonderful. Uh, Great show. I watched several episodes. Love it. Keep it going. People are loving you and your material. And uh, I hope you have a great, you know, holidays and uh, happy new year.